We are very privileged to have before us our brother, a humble servant of God, whom God has brought diligently and safely together with his wife, all the way from Amici. And the Lord has brought him safely here to be an instrument to reach our lives and others who are yet on the way today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Our brother doesn't need a long introduction, but I will do the needful. From his student days, like many of us here, he had already begun to be hungry for the work of the Lord in reviving the hearts of people, both those who are already his children and those who were lost. Over the weekend, several times over at Unizik, Oka, he, alongside sometimes with my wife, mommy, they will form a riot itinerary missionary band. They will just board vehicles, go to Nteje, preach over the weekend in a particular environment. Monday morning, they will hail another vehicle, come back to school, continue. So it wasn't just something that started right now or yesterday. It's been a burden and a habitual work with God. And the moment he got onto youth service, after finishing at Unizik, he served with Nifes, Lagos Zone, the year after mommy also left, 1991-1992, Lagos Zone. And the moment he finished from Nifes, youth service, I'm not sure, I may be wrong, but I'm not sure he took any paid job for one day. He reported to then late Bishop Utubelo of blessed memory, the then bishop of the old Enugu Diocese, and told him he was convinced he wanted to go into the ministry to be ordained. And then the story goes this way. I heard that story. I'm sure he doesn't tell it too often. There's a place around Umulumbwe, or home. Those of you who are conversant with the old Nsuka roads where they used as testing ground, in his wisdom then, as the bishop of the diocese. Anybody who said, I believe God is calling me to go and enter the ministry, he will send the person there to serve as a church teacher. And then after one month, he will call the archdeacon there and ask him, is this young man still there? And most times the answer will be no. He has disappeared. Then that is, was the way he used to screen and knew that they weren't qualified. After one month of sending him to that place, the then bishop called the archdeacon and asked, is the young man still there? He said, yes, he is. After two months, he called, is he still there? He said, yes, he is. After three months, he called again, he said, is he still there? He told him, yes, he is. The bishop told him, prepare him to go to Trinity College, Omaha. He is really called. And from then, the moment he came out from Trinity College, he was ordained in 1996. He was priested in 1997. Then, still under the old Enugu Diocese. But he became a Diocese that 1997. And he was privileged to be posted immediately after being priested to St. Mark's in Diago, where we had been privileged to be involved in planting the church with Efak 
1994, he was their first resident priest. And subsequently, the administrator of the cathedral. And subsequently, archdeacon. And subsequently, exactly 12 years after being priested, and in the 13th year, January 2009, he became the pioneer bishop of Amici Diocese. And God has been using him to minister to the hearts of all. This may be a biography, but the important thing is that our brother, as a servant of God, combines the five-fold office gifts you find in Ephesians chapter 4. He is an evangelist. He is a pastor with a core heart of compassion to minister. He is a prophet to our generation. He is an apostle who has already founded not only churches and in lands and institutions. He is also a teacher and a stickler for the word of God. He is a missionary, I'm sure you already know, to have survived in that place where people run away after one month. And to have been an itinerant missionary over the weekend without having gone earlier on to survey the land and know where they will stay, where they will eat, and where they will drink. They just went under God's direction and to have pioneered the work at Abakeleke. But above all, he is an instrument of God as a revivalist. That's what his work has been mainly in the Anglican communion and beyond across denominations. And may the Lord, who has used him all this while and has continued to use him, make manifest that work and ministry in your life and mine again this evening in Jesus' name. This is second time coming. 2012, when we began the citywide teaching and weekend revival program, he was the one the Lord used to start it off. 2012. And now, eight years later, 2020, his year again on revival. May the Lord manifest grace upon him and we believe the unction of God upon his life will continually increase, made manifest this evening and touching us and other generations for eternity in the name of Jesus Christ. Beloved brethren, it is my humble privilege to please kindly invite our Lord Bishop of Amici Diocese, the Right Reverend. E.O. Ikako, J.P. to minister. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Ah, not so. <laughs> I say praise the Lord. That's a little better. We can do it in a more lively way. Praise the Lord. Well, naturally, I'm a very quiet man. Very quiet, you can ask her. But spiritually, very violent. So I don't do gentleman for God. So if this is place you shout hallelujah in gentle way, I will not come tomorrow. Whatever you are now, put it in your pocket. The king is here. The Elohim is here. The owner of the universe is here. The lion of the tribe of Judah is here. So it doesn't matter what the office you hold. I have resigned now as a bishop temporarily. So that the chief bishop will take over. I'm a messenger. So can we go now? Praise the Lord. 
Okay. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Other things I will say after the prayer. When I come into your presence, I'm so happy. When I come into your presence, I'm so glad. I'm so glad in your presence. There is anointing. By your spirit moves around me in your presence. Anointing breaks a yoke. ministering to them. He said, what did you really go out to see when he was talking to them about John the Baptist? What did you go out to see? That was the question. This evening, why are you here? Can you answer the question through prayer? He said, Lord, I am here because I want you to revive me. There are so many areas of our lives a Christianity that need revival. Many of us started well, but today it is no more the same. Many have not even started the race at all, but they are very committed church members. Which area do you want God to revive you? Pray for yourself. We have not come to demonstrate the eloquence of men. We have come that God will speak to us. We have come that God will take us his spiritual diagnosis. Dissect us and know the things that are not there and put them. And the things that are not supposed to be there and remove them. That's why we are here this weekend. Anything short of that, we are playing to the gallery. Finally, can you say, Lord, pass me not by. I don't want to leave this program after Sunday. I don't want to be the same. Let my Christianity come up. Let my spirituality come up. Let my work with you come up. No matter the state you are now, you need to step up in this program. God is there in need of men and women that we work so closely with him, not minding what the world is doing. Can you say, Lord, pass me not by? Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Yeah, my humble God. Why, oh Lord, as thou art Savior, 
seen not for entertainment or comedy we have left many things this evening to stay in your presence that you may minister to us through your word by the same Holy Spirit that inspired the writing of your word speak to us this evening circumcise our hearts Lord may we not be just listeners and hearers of your word make us doers of your word that after this weekend of our truth heaven will rejoice that we have been revived in your presence may I speak nothing but your word and may our hearts accept nothing but your word thank you gracious father in Jesus Christ's name we have prayed please let's resume our seats I want to thank God for today another opportunity just as the prof said eight years later I am back here I was here in 2012 for a wonderful program I want to thank God for keeping all of us alive till today this evening I want to also appreciate the Bishop of Enugu Diocese the Most Reverend Dr. E. O. Chukuma for approving my coming for this program that is our protocol Bishop knows that I am here this evening you don't just move and go where you want to go as a bishop you must get clearance from the resident bishop who is in charge of that area so he's aware that I'm here and I appreciate him as a father for his large heartedness and magnanimity in allowing me to be here and in absentia I pray that the Lord will continue to bless him and his ministry in Jesus name I want to thank my brother my friend a senior partner in this ministry Venerable Professor Sam Ike for inviting us over to be with you with my friend my special friend <laughs> she's my friend do you know that this is do I call it woman friend or girlfriend I don't know we were together in the university when she had not married Sam and we worked very closely in the vineyard of God in the campus just as Prof said we moved around together with the gospel and nothing more and God helped us and that link has continued till today and that's why she's able to pull my whole house to this place I just have to rush back home to bring my wife so that I can be safe from her hand. She said, bring her, bring her. And I said, no. Come, let's go. Let's go. So, am I free now? So, my sins are forgiven. You, even forgiving Bishop's sin. That is, that is Episcopal encroachment for you to forgive my sin. However, we thank everybody here. Um, what we have come is a serious matter.
we live in a time that Christianity, permit me, is in jeopardy. Christianity is under serious negative pressure. What we are seeing today, you begin to wonder where the 21st century church is headed to. When I see topics like this, our theme, I, I don't know how my joy explodes. I travel far and wide within and outside this country, preaching the gospel. And the kind of things I see church brandishing as themes of programs cause for trouble, for concern. Serious concern. I just saw some. Let me tell you some to understand what I mean. I saw a very big billboard before Christmas. Very mighty program. And when I looked at the theme, <laughs> I said, where are we heading to? The theme of that program, very big program with millions of naira for publicity. And great preachers in that term. But the theme is AK-47. No, I'm not joking. AK-47. Then under it, the sub-team was Operation Point and Care. Christian Conf Convention. Are you surprised? Late last year, I was traveling to Port Harcourt, a citywide crusade. I saw one, another one at Mbidi, for those of you who apply that taxes. Very big one again. The theme of that big conference is Ochoko Konwada. Moko Konwada. Christian progress with millions of naira. I saw one at Onesha. Last year, for young ladies, spinsters, the topic is, who is holding my wedding gown? No, that's to show you where we are. I don't know the type you have in Enugu. Sometimes we see they're not my head, not my blood. That's the topic. I saw some, it says, this barrier will not hold. I begin to wonder, if it doesn't hold, you keep the cops, no problem. No problem, keep the cops. But these are things we jump up. I saw another one with big goat, goat, drawn on the poster. What's the topic? Needed in the township, but tied in the village. Crusade topic. No, it's showing you that we have missed it. When I mean we, no denomination is spared. Is 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 a spiritual cancer now. We are losing focus of heaven every day. Yet noise is taking place. A lot of noise everywhere. Confusion everywhere. Everybody is now born again. Everybody, including everybody here now, born again. 
Or if you know you are not born again, raise your hand. All of you are born again, are you? That is the problem. So we have come to cry to God like Habakkuk did. So we've not come for jamboree. In a, we live in a generation that preachers of repute and high reputation can go out and bring ungodly comedians to stand on the holy place to make what they call Christian comedy. And people are laughing. Oh, it was glorious today. Wonderful. I was in the aircraft recently and a lady was answering a call before the plane took off. Well, I'm sorry I was eavesdropping anyway. The discussion was not for me. But I was getting whatever. She was talking to somebody. I was hearing the person because I was sitting close to her. I said, oh, babe. That was the conversation. Babe. You didn't come to church last, that last Sunday. What's up? That's the language. Babe and what's up? I said, oh, what, what happened? Just me, just me. He said, oh, you really missed. He said, how was the church service? He said, babe, we really had fun. Where? Is church meant for having fun? But that's the state we find that she was telling another person that did come to church that we had fun on Sunday. And of course, many of us preachers are fun givers. We are trained for entertainment now. We want to tell you what we want to hear so that you can bring more money. You sow seed. Every summer now ends with seed sowing. And some of you are the confusion keepers. Anybody that says so, you don't say seed for what? Some will tell you sow seed for going back tonight so that you will not die on the road. You sow. Because if you don't know the truth, as the Bible says, you know, I am laying foundation tonight. I am laying foundation. So when you build, the most important aspect of any building or structure is what? You don't rush it. So that if you don't know why we are here, don't come tomorrow. I, I am too serious to come to this gospel. I was preaching like Prof said now, a very serious burial service this afternoon. The burial of the wife of the national president of the full gospel. And the fat Nigeria gathered there. Nigeria gathered there. But I made one comment. I said, listen. When I came to preach, I said, whatever I preach here will be used to judge me. God will say, I gave you opportunity to talk in such a wonderful garden. What did you teach? What did you preach? And the same thing here. I know there are many wonderful people, professors are here, doctors of different disciplines are here, a lot of people, lecturers. So, I am given opportunity to speak the word here. Heaven is recording. So I didn't come for entertainment. So if you come for another brand of entertainment, though, I trust we are professors, some ministers and pastors. It is not a place for having fun. It is a place for worshipping God. So I beg you, look into your life in this program. 
check your spiritual antenna. Is it still functional? Had it been tampered and punctured? Have this new brand of Christianity, you know, somersaulted your own? Because they tell you if you cannot beat them, what do you do? That is a satanic axiom. In Christianity, even if you are the only person, you must beat them. Do you know why? Jesus looked at his disciples from eye boy to eye and said, You are the light of the world. What is the implication? No matter how dark the world is, light has no room for compromise. No matter how thick the darkness is, light can never negotiate with darkness. Light will never look for peace accord with darkness. So there is no room for genuine Christianity to tell me, you cannot, if you can't can beat them, you join them. Join them to do what? Revive thy work, O Lord, in the midst of the... Let's go to the scripture. I'll read two Bible passages now. Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk. Chapter 3. We, we read verse, from verse 1. And I will stop somewhere. Habakkuk chapter 3. Verse 1. A prayer of Habakkuk. The prophet upon Shiglonoth. O Lord, I've heard thy speech. I was afraid, O Lord. Revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In rot, remember mercy. Let's look at Psalm 85. We are coming back to where we read. Psalm 85. The same cry, the same cry. We read also from verse 1, Psalm 8 to 85, from verse 1. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy hand, thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast torn thyself from the fierceness of thy anger. Turn us, O God of our salvation, and cause thy anger towards us to cease. Will thou be angry with us forever? Will thou draw out thy anger to all generations? 
Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice we are in thee? Look at Psalm 80 verse 18. Psalm 80 verse 18. So, will not we go back from thee? So will not we go back from thee. Quicken us, and we will call upon thy name. Turn us again, O Lord of Lord God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. This evening, we want to do a foundational touch to that theme. And tomorrow we go to specifics. From the time of Habakkuk, of course you know, if you are a Bible student, you know Habakkuk was one of the minor prophets. They are not called minor prophets because their prophecy was inferior to that of the major prophets. But they were called because of the coverage, the period their work and prophecy covered. It wasn't as, you know, major as that of Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah. These men prophesied, I think the, the shortest of them was about 29 years. People like Isaiah prophesied up to 40 years. But if you follow the prophecy of Habakkuk, he was a prophet for not more than two years or thereabout. But their messages were very concrete, concise, and serious. So get it right. When you hear minor prophet, it's not because their message or messages were inferior, but because of the duration, the period they covered. This was one man that came to prophesy at the end of the 7th century BC. And that was the time the Babylonians were in power. The number one country of the world then and world power was Babylon. So just as when you hear America said something now, you must listen. So it was when you hear that Babylon said something, or Babylon took a decision. But something happened. The influence of the ungodly reign in Babylon spanned and spilled over to Israel and Judah. And as a result of that, they have begun to be compromised and lowering of standard of the worship of Yahweh. People began to, the, 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 the Jewish people now began to look at the Babylonians and begin to copy some things from their way of worship, the way they do some things, dropping the concrete standard of Yahweh. 
the God of Israel. And one of the things they didn't look at as evil was violence. Lying tongue. Deceit and deception. They began to, to adjust to these things. That you can still worship Yahweh and you can still lie. You can worship Yahweh. You can still indulge in some deceitful things and Yahweh will not be offended. They began to lower the standard. They began to copy what others were doing, just as many of us are doing now. Whatever the people of the world projects now, we will give you the Christian version of it. You know, I am privileged to know about so many musics that originated. From the time of Awilo, Awilo music, do you hear about Awilo? To Makosa, to Azonto, to Skelewu, Shaku Shaku, one Canadans. When I look at what is happening in our churches and fellowships, I weep for the church. Let me begin with Makosa. If you don't know, it's a very demonic, immoral music that originated from Cameroon. And it was a music of extreme immoral activity. That they dance when they have taken hemp, marijuana, and excess alcohol in a partying and clubbing area so that they can arouse each other's sexual urge without boundary. Wrong girls. Anyway, wrong girls is a very decent name for them. You know who I'm talking about. Prostitutes. You know, we baptize these things. Wrong girls. Commercial sex or hawkers. They are hawking sex. These were the people that were dancing a willow and makosa. So as those senseless men and boys that come to patronize them and they are drinking and watching them, their sexual urge will begin to arouse so that they can go in and mess around. Before you know it, why the church was asleep? Makosa was, you know, sneaked into the church. And we now give it baptism. Christian Makosa. Christian Awilo. Asunto for Jesus. That is where Christian reggae, Christian reggae, Christian high life. You know, this man, if you want to discuss something, go and study those things. 
You know what is wrong with high life? You know that this high life mistress, great men, Osadevedem, Oliver the Cook, Bright Jimese, Mudibe, and so on. You know, you hear these names. Have you studied about them and their music? Some of them will even be magnanimous to tell you where they are coming from. Have you listened to Sadeo one day sing for you? Ori Mirikansieje Momirizirimegu Have you heard it before? And what do you want him to tell you again? He is coming from the rivers and this music you are dancing the man, the power that gave me this music is Mamed Spirit and you bring it into the church and say it doesn't matter have you listened to the other man called Oliver the Cook? One of the music is said, which means one source. Did you listen to this woman when the music was in vogue called Chaka Chaka? Did you listen to that? I'm born enough. I'm born enough. My heart is on fire and people are dancing. These are people that have been tormented by demonic forces of misbehavior, intoxication, drunkenness, alcoholism, unbridled sexual perversion, and they sing for us. We now brought their followers into the church to sing in the gospel band. That was the, the, the similar scenario. Maybe tomorrow some of you may not like me more. Because we are going to go into some of the dress codes we say doesn't matter in Christianity. I will give you the origin of those dress codes. So that when Habakkuk was crying, he said, Lord, will you keep quiet forever? I grew up, I know how my, my forebears told us about the sacredness and sanctity of worshipping Yahweh and those who worship Him under covenant, how they live their lives. Lord, can you not revive your work? This is the time we need to cry for revival. I know I am in a very enlightened academic setting. So I may not have much trouble explaining so many things. But when you hear to revive, doctors can answer that one better. Nurses and other medical workers. You know the meaning. Either you call it revival of somebody or resuscitation. When you hear that word to revive, what do you what do you make out of it? To revive is to bring back or come back to life. So we are saying, God, can you not bring us back to life in true worship of God, in true biblical Christianity? Not the fair-weather Christianity, not, not the user-friendly Christianity now. User-friendly. Environment-compliant Christianity. Once you change environment from a nuku, you move to another place, you change your way. 
based on what is invoked there, the dress code there, the pattern of praying and shouting. When we pray now, we don't even think of, are we praying according to the Bible principle? The highest prayer that makes waves now is stand up, stand up, raise your two hands, fire, fire. Anybody that doesn't want to answer your, your greeting this month, fire. Pray, pray, fire, fire. I was listening to, to one music last, I think I listened to it with my wife and we laugh. This is how we sing. When we want to laugh, we put it. He said, this night, he was he's singing, all wicked fathers, all wicked mothers, all wicked uncles, fire, fire. Your father should be consumed by fire. Your mother. And this is what we go around collecting as prayers. Sweating, wasting our time. When they told you, so we went for vigil. Oh, we dealt with Satan today. You were praying that your father should die. Your mother should die. Your uncle should be blind. Habakkuk say, revive your work. Can we cry for revival? To revive also means to bring back to freshness, activity, and functionality. Christianity needs to be brought back to functionality. Christianity needs to be revisited by men and women who are serious about eternity with God. When you move around churches and programs now, when last did you hear someone reminding you of the second coming of Jesus? Except places like this chapel. When last did you hear someone on sanctification, sanctification and holiness? When last? When last did they preach to you about contentment as a Christian? With the Bible say godliness with contentment is what? No, it's now millionaire. All of you, all of you, all of you, before the end of this week, all of you will buy helicopter. Shout, 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 claim it, take it. What are they saying? They are looking for the one remaining in your pocket. Because once they say, take it, take it, take it, you jump up, especially the younger ones and women, women, and women. That's where I love men to some extent. You don't move men easily. I tell them, if you want to do anointing service, announce that women should not come to church. Let men come. Only men, anointing for men, anointing, receive, receive. The man is looking at you. <laughs> and he says, I pray this night, the power will overwhelm you and you may fall on the ground and lose your control. The man will remove his shoes. I said, today, today, is it this, this simple salary that came in last week? It will not work for you. It will not work. He will put his hand in his pocket. Guiding his money jealously. Receive, receive, receive. The man is praying and looking at you to know when you come near. But for women, you will not finish the announcement. As I begin to pray tonight, the power of the Holy Ghost will hit you. That's the only thing you have said. Listening at the back. 
and they begin to fall. I begin to wonder, did they eat well before coming? Are you sure that they are not having problem? And you look at these people that fall on the ground. When they wake up, no change takes place. One day at least I looked at one lady. She fell down. I was in a program. I wasn't ministering. I sat down. The thing started. After 50 of you will fall. Oh yeah, oh yeah, begin. I said, one, one woman has fallen. Because men don't fall. Men, men can. I fall when it is extremely under God. I don't, I don't joke with anointing. I hope you understand me. But this thing we men are doing, take it well. I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. When he hits me, kayayaya. But for women, they fall. That one fell that day. I will say it in Hebrew. If you don't understand Hebrew, ask your neighbor. So when she got up, she sighed. The first thing she said, Leyenda Meramadu skate. Somebody that fell under anointing is still remembering skate. What kind of anointing is that? But that's where we are. That is where we are. It's the running thing. One woman was sharing testimony. Uh, he came to me and said, Pray for me. I was a uh, venerable. Say, Sir, we went for a crusade. A popular preacher we know everywhere. He said, oh, Everybody around me fell, only me. Is it, is it my sin that is greater than others? I said, You want to fall? He said, Yes, everybody fell. And is it falling crusade of word of God? He said, no, but my own cannot be different. My own cannot be. I said, tomorrow go, fall like them. <laughs> and she went back home, ran back to me the next day. I said, you see, they fell, I fell, I fell. When I saw that I was the only one remaining, I also fell. <laughs> we have a problem in it. I remember in our days, in the days when campus night first prayer convention, when the power comes and you see somebody that the Holy Ghost brings down, when that boy or girl gets up, you don't need a prophet to tell you that there is a dealing. You may not even get to yourself for two days because of the encounter. But today, some boys have gone to Jabode to get charms. I was watching that one in television. It, maybe I, I will try it. The one, the way people are falling last week, he will just start like this. I said, all of you here, get ready. Get ready, stand up. And he will start like this. Once he stands like all of you here on the ground, I will go this way. Are you ready? Are you? You know, I said, what is happening to God's church? Bought by the blood of Jesus, sanctified. And today we have brought Jamboree into the church. That was the cry of Habakkuk. He said, Lord, will you keep quiet forever? Revive thy work. In other words, we are talking about reviving your people. 
take us back to Bethel, where we met Jesus, where he sanctified, and we were weeping over sin. Today you'll be preaching a sermon because the church is almost in coma. You're preaching a sermon and a very terrible, habitual, chronic sinner with skimpy skates and revealing blouse. We just come from behind. Ooh, 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 ooh. Right down, preacher. She will drop hundred naira and go back with her demonic powers. And we go home and say, spirit moved. Which spirit? Do you really remember? I don't know whether you are following me this evening. You remember when Ananias sold his land? You remember that story? The Bible said everybody was selling and bringing to the church, not by force. He sold his own with full knowledge of the wife. And they kept some part of the money and came to church. And began to say, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, this is our seed. And Peter was looking at him. I said, brother, is this the whole money you got from selling the land? Oh, hallelujah to Jesus, that's all. Did Peter make any comment? What happened? Immediately, Ananias fell in the church and did what? Died. What was responsible? What? The presence of God in fullness in his church. But what is happening in church today? A pastor friend told me a story that still bleeds my heart five years ago. I'm talking about how, why we should cry for revival. That is problem. That is problem. This pastor, my friend, is a big general overseer. If I mention his name in South East, everybody we know. He came to me, we were talking, we were very friendly. He said, something is serious. He said, something happened in my church. So we were having our quarterly vigil. He said, in that quarterly vigil, I moderate the prayer session. The man said, he's a friend. We are still friends to today, I respect him. But that's what is happening in our churches. Where did we miss it? He said they were having serious prayer session, but around 1.30 a.m. He, he said he himself, was holding the microphone, moderating very aggressive prayer, where over 2,500 people were praying. And somebody tapped him at the back. And he thought it's one of the pastors or the ushers trying to whisper to him. He turned. He saw a small boy of about 21 years with AK-47. I said, shh, corporate, or we blast at this place. In the midst of prayer session." Inside the church, young men came with guns and stopped prayers, and nothing happened. And the boy took the microphone from him. I said, well, we are not here for trouble. We have not come to disturb your prayers. Just cooperate, but know that this house, this church is under siege. 
any attempt to move, your head is blown. Just cooperate. The pastor told me that these boys had the audacity to go and carry the big offering basket. Put it here. I said, whatever you have, money, electronics, jewelries, whatever, just quietly move and drop here and go back to your seat. And prayers were suspended and people were coming at the command of armed robbers and dropped what they had. I'm telling you, the man involved was telling me, I'm not telling you a story I read in paper. So for almost one hour, 15 minutes, these boys held a vigil to ransom, collected iPads, phones, jewelries, money, kind of electronic gadgets, good shoes, and all that. And they came with big box, boxes. Say so they brought in the box because things were many. It's about 2,500 people. I'm call, telling you this story so that some of us will begin to cry for the church. We have missed it. After the boys collected, they came back to him. He told me. I said, Pastor, you're a good man. You're a good man. Take back your microphone. Continue your prayers. And they left. And nothing happened. What do you think is wrong with us? Upon all the fire, fire. Listen, the Bible says, if the, if we cannot keep the fire burning, the enemy will take it over from us. Do you hear the warning that said, he that breaketh the edge. What will happen? Serpent will bite. The serpent is biting the church. The pastor said after that he could no longer utter a word. He was ashamed. What will he tell these people? General Vasya cooperated with armed robbers. Inside the sanctuary and nothing happened. Peter, it was only one lie that somebody told. I just looked at him in the eye. The man dropped dead. The woman who was a habitual, the wife who was a habitual latecomer. With very big head tie came after one hour or two. And she will not sit at the back. And Peter said, Madam, praise God. Your husband told us that this was what you saw the land and you have brought it. Is that so? Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. Pray, 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 praise the Lord. Oh, we, we decided to make that sacrifice that God, God's work will go on. Nothing remains in the heart. The house, they're fine. See that western door. Those men coming in, coming in now. Just finish burying your husband. They will carry you. And the Bible said the woman also dropped it. When the glory is in the church, sinners will fear God by force. But we have messed the church up. 
we have bastardized Christianity. Like our general confession in our church we tell you, we have left undone those things which you ought to have done. And we didn't stop there. We have gone further to do those things which we ought not to have. And what is the result? No health. Look at your life. What is the boundary between you now and the world as a Christian? What is the war, the boundary? Do you have boundary in your place of work? May I remind you, whatever happens in this world have two standards and two systems. The standard of God and the standard of the world. The system of God and the system of the world. In everything, civil service, public service, the world have their system. Maybe you are working as a doctor, as a professor, as a lecturer, as whatever, as a teacher, whatever. And you go to ministry. Age. Date of birth. 1982. But you were born 1962. And you come here raising hand. I surrender. What are you surrendering? Live lie liars. Senior and junior brothers of Liar Muhammad. Why must you go to the ministry and tell a lie about your age and come to sing in the church? God is a Baba Cook is a God revive us. I remember in those days in Christian marriage, we have standards for Christians the way we marry. Thank God she knew how I married, I know how they married. My wife is here. But today, how do young people who jump up and, and sing all kinds of foreign music, they have it on their head, but no Bible in their head. Revive the work. Premarital sex is nothing now. We claim to be born again. They said, oh, pre-wedding picture. You take a young lady you have not taken to the altar. You go to a hotel. You carry her on your laps. Carry her there. And they bless her and kiss her. And you are preparing pre-wedding picture. You are deceiving yourself. Are you a stone? When you carry her on your laps, what was happening? You were saying, Holy Ghost, Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, Hallelujah. Listen to me. Everything that is born again is your spirit man. You see this man? You see this man? He can never be born again. He is an opportunist. Any chance you give this man, he will teach you a lesson you will never forget. This man called flesh. You can never, oh, I am a bishop and I am an international preacher. This man is waiting for me. Any space I give him, he will, with all my episcopal regalia, he will floor me. That's why you hear, oh, that great preacher committed fornication. So how did it happen? This man is not born again. You just give him chance. We are talking about revival. In which area of your life? Habakkuk is saying, Lord, bring to functionality your true worship. 
in Judah and Jerusalem. That was the cry of Habakkuk. If there is any time we as Christians and church need revival, it is now. The writer of Psalm, where we read Psalm 80 verse 18, Psalm 85, 106, the same cry. If you pick Psalm 85, for instance, it was a psalm they wrote, David wrote, and the sons of Korah. When they were, when they came back from Babylon captivity. First of all, when they came back, they did not build and rebuild the temple of Jerusalem immediately. And as a result, there were kinds of minor, minor worship centers. And in these worship centers, they called it altars and synagogues. This Priest there, we are setting each person his own standard of worship. And what happened? For 70 years, Jerusalem was destroyed by Babylon. And when they came back, because they didn't return to true worship of God, if you read the background of that psalm, there was no rain in the land. There was no fruit in the land. Scarcity of food came in. And David and the sons of Korah began to suspect. It is this same thing we did that allowed Yahweh to give us to Babylon that he's about to do again. I said, oh God, please restore us. Revive us. Will you be angry forever? Take us back so that we can worship you aright. Can we raise that cry in this program? Can we raise that genuine cry? Lord, I am no more there. One of the greatest diseases of Christianity is pretense. Pretense. You know you are no more there. When you go born again, I'm not talking to those who are born again. Before we close, we will talk to those, we will know those who are not even enrolled in this matter. Because if you are a lecturer, maybe you have your medical students, and you want to, to give a special lecture to them, you just walk into the class and start releasing the lecture. And the, the people are looking at you. After your one hour, 30 minutes lectures, it's okay, this is the assignment. And as you were going out, and somebody among those listening to you says, Sir, what were you saying, self? So all this one hour, 30 minutes, you didn't understand me, and you come to understand that those you were talking to we are not medical students. They were mechanics waiting for somebody to carry them for where they have mechanics meeting, but they come to wait in your lecture room. Have you not wasted your life releasing medical terms and jargons upon mechanics? That is the danger of preaching the gospel of the kingdom to a sinner. There must be enrollment before you talk about revival. Those that are talking of revival are those who started with God. We are moving with God. Along the line, things began to drop. That is where they talk of revival. But if you are here, you don't have fire in the kingdom of God. 
Heaven doesn't even know you exist. Some of you don't think that heaven knows everybody. I know that if the, the, you see Buhari now, everybody here, if you meet Buhari, won't you recognize him? You will know him because he's Buhari. It is one thing to know Buhari, it is another thing for Buhari to know you. How many people in this church does Buhari know? You are eating with Buhari. Or oh, what is the name of the governor of Enugu State? Iguani. Does he know you? But you know the governor of Enugu State, at least in the picture. So for you to claim that you know God is one thing. The question is, does God know you? When did you meet Jesus and what happened in your life? Almost everybody in this place now know, know your physical birthday. You celebrate your birthday. What was your spiritual birthday? When were you born into the kingdom? If you're here and you don't know, you've missed your road, no matter your title in your church. So we can't talk of revival when you are no, not a member of the household of faith. So you have to get a starting point. This afternoon I was preaching at a point I told them, listen, I am not a Christian because I'm a bishop. I will not go to heaven because I'm a bishop. If Christ not taking some bishops, we go to hellfire. That is very strong, have we? But that's a reality. I say, I am a child of God. I'm a Christian because one day I had this gospel. This is the 35th year. I met Jesus. He touched my life. He transformed my ways. He changed my orientation about life. So that when I preach anywhere now, I don't preach what they taught me in theological school. Something happened in my life. When did it happen in your life? What is your salvation testimony? What is your salvation testimony? If Jesus will give us mock rapture now, how many people here are sure that you are making it? Mock rapture. How many of us? I went to university to preach last year. You know, young people, they can mesmerize you with noise. Is somebody happy in the house? Yeah. If you are happy, they make a joyful noise. Everybody will become something else. And one boy shocked me. He was the moderator that day. It was a three-day revival university, the whole university. The VC, the federal university. Thank God he has representatives everywhere. The VC worked with the JCCF to float that university crusade involving all students and lecturers. And the VC was always there. But that boy said something that shocked me. I said, is that where we have found ourselves? He said, are you happy in the house? Yeah. Somebody happy? Yeah. 
If you're happy in the house, can you jam your hands together for that guy up there? I thought the VC, I said, who, which guy? He said, don't mind that, that's how young people, I said, no, I should mind them, which guy? He said, he's talking about God. Jam your hands for that guy up there. We want to digitalize God. Even as an undergraduate. You want to make God fashionable. You want to computerize God. That guy up there. And then we are jamming hands for guy. I couldn't hold it. That's areas we need. I will show you just three areas. But I will elaborate on them tomorrow. I'll read a passage of the scripture. You see three areas the devil is dealing with the 21st century church so terribly now. And we are keeping quiet. I couldn't hold it. I said, VC, can I interrupt? I can't be here. And this kind of mess is going on. I took the microphone and said, boy, come, which guy? He said, no, you talk to students in their own way. I said, shut up your mouth. The creator of the universe. You undergraduate who is not sure of graduation. is already calling guy, my father. The Bible says, when he opens his mouth, sword will come out. When he looks at you, fire will come out. When he speaks, it looks like the roaring of many oceans. That this God I was reading one day is talking about an angel, not even God. He said one angel came and put his leg in the sea. A whole sea. And put on another leg on the land. One angel. Go and try it. One leg inside the sea, one leg on the ground. Picking his teeth. That is what the boy, the, the boy is calling guy, Jesus. I said, young boy, come and sit down before God deals with you. Why did it happen? Before I conclude for tonight, can we read a portion of the Bible? Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13, verses 24 to 28. I will mention three things there. Tomorrow I will elaborate so heavily on them. The three areas we need to cry for revival. Look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which soweth who sowed what? Good seed. Where? Mark that place. Not in another person's field, but in his own field. But look at the problem that happened to us in the church. Verse 25. Are you with me? What happened? But why men did what? Slept. His enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat 
And after showing the task, what did he do? And went away. That's the disaster. If he had sown the task and stood and said, I saw the task, what can you do? It would have been easy to handle. But he came one when men were sleeping. After sowing the task, he quietly moved away as if nothing happened. Are you aware? So many people that call themselves men of God have never been children of God before. And how can you be a man without first of all being a child? But that's what he says every day. Man of God, man of God, my papa, my papa, my G.O., my bishop, my this. They crept in. Young men now, everybody, God called me, God called me. Everybody is called into ministry. Why? Tars have taken over. Just as Prof told you, Venerable Sam, I never had any, any reason. I have no dream in my life to become a pastor. You can ask her. All through we were in school, I never told, I was telling them how I will make money. I tell her, I say I'm an Anambra man, I must be a millionaire. <laughs> that was, I say, for me, I'm a Christian, but money, I will count money. Pastoral work was never in my agenda, whether in the dream or reality. So when I see young men trooping, I am called. I say, called to do what? It was during my final year that God says, son, I need you. I say, where? He said, I said, pastor. I said, oh God, even a joke. No, stop her. I, I'm not, I mean what I say, God, no, I can't take anything about this pastor thing. I will serve you with my last drop of blood, but not to be a pastor. And that, Anglican priest, I know how much they are paid. I say, God, allow me. I am telling this story when I see young men trooping everywhere, called, called, I say, why men slept? The enemy. Rogues have taken over our pulpits. Criminals. 419ers who have learned religious language. Covering under seed sowing. But they are merchandising with the gospel. Brothers and sisters, I believe in giving sacrificially. But under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Not for boys who want to change their suit. You see, if you put a new suit on your pastor, God will put a new miracle on you. Can you come, 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 come? And some of you will rush. Did you budget for that suit? What happens to your children's school fees? I'm not saying you shouldn't give to pastor. You should give to also. Or make you have your sense. Let the Holy Spirit guide. I believe in giving. If there is anything that sustains my family, it is sacrificial giving. But it must be guided by God. So what happened? I started battling with God. I said, God, leave me. 
I'm not going to be a pastor. At the point God became so serious on me, I made a promise to him. I said, God, I will make money, but I will not pay tight. Let's, let's talk it this way. Lord, I promise you I'm your child. Any money I make, I will give you 90%. I will use 10%. Leave me. God said, I don't need you. I don't need your money. I need you. By then, my brother who was training me in university, I come from, when I say don't laugh, I'm not from a poor family. I came from a wretched family. Do you know the difference? <laughs> no, this is true. When I talk to young people, God is faithful. Follow him. He will never fail. The road may look rough at the initial stage, but he's testing you. You are biological people and you know what they call metamorphosis. Whenever God is passing you through hard times, call it what? Metamorphosis. I come from a very terribly poor background. From my father's side. But from my maternal side, my uncles were rich. So there was a, a confusion somewhere. Sometimes I will join my maternal people's money. But if I get home, poverty will pursue me. Because they took me when I was young. I don't know my mother. My mother died three months after my birth. I never met the woman. So it was a rough beginning, a rough growth. But let me conclude that story and prayer. After a long battle, I went for youth service, still battling with God, whether to be a pastor or not. When I made that offer to God, God said, no. By then, my brother had gotten everything I needed. I was to pass out in three months' time. My papers for traveling were ready. My visa, my everything. Because my brother said, you, we must deal with this poverty in our house. Once you graduate, he told me which country, America, Germany, London, where do you want to go, UK? I picked UK. He pursued and processed my visa, kept it before my graduate, my passing out from youth service. Immediately I came back. He said, when are you traveling? I said, wait. Because I don't know how to break the news. How can I tell this young man, my immediate elder brother, who suffered to bring me up in university, through heavy suffering, how can I tell him, pastor work? What kind of pastor? After one week, he called me again, said, when are you traveling, your papers, your visa, everything? I said, brother, I'm still praying. He said, don't bring that nonsense prayer here. Three weeks, he called me again. Early morning, I said, let me answer your question. I'm not traveling. He said, what? What are you going to do? I said, I'm going to be a pastor. He sat down. He said, pa. Yes, it was like a drama. He said, pa. I concluded, I said, stop. That was 5 a.m. I was living with him when I came back. My elder brother wept copiously. He remembered our poverty. I said, are you this wicked? He was pointing at me. Are you this heartless? 
You see how I have suffered as your immediate elder brother? To make sure you come up and go to university and go abroad so that we can fight poverty in our house. See, we are living in a thatched house. Apart from you, nobody in our house is a graduate. Apart from you. I thought you were going to break this poverty jinx. He wept. I lacked word to comfort him. He called an emergency meeting in a house, in a village. My father was alive. We went. He narrated the story and my elder sisters were very mad at me. So what's wrong with you? They were born again. So what's wrong with you? If you want to be a pastor, can't you be pastor overseas? I said, I've told God that, that I want to go to UK. I will be a pastor there. God said, I want you to start local, local. Look foul. He knows the way in the wilderness. Why I'm telling these stories for young people trooping in now. When I see them, say, who called you? Because you saw somebody drive a pastor, young pastor driving a big car. You are now called. It is the car that is calling you, not God. Why leaders of church? Slept. Terrible young men took over the ministry. And that's what we are suffering today. He went to know a successful young man that is ordained today is driving Jeep tomorrow. And we are hailing them. From where did they get the money? My brother told the story to me after telling the story. Immediately he told my father, listen, dad, I said this thing because I don't want to say that you're back from today. Ephraim, if you see me, I'm Ephraim. I don't know you. You don't know me. Nothing connects two of us in this life. You are a wicked man. I wept. But my father saved the story. Let me hang it there. Maybe tomorrow I finish up. But why men slept? The enemy sowed tasks in the doctrines of the church. We edited the Bible to suit the new generation. I was reading verse what? Matthew 13 verse what? 25. He saw tires and went his way, but when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tires also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then had it tires? Verse 28, where we are stopping. He said unto them, An enemy had done this. I told you I will show you. We will not discuss it, but get ready tomorrow. The three areas, the enemy has kept the church in trouble in the 21st century Christianity. Number one, what they call liberalism. The doctrine of what? Liberalism. Is a deadly blow on the church now. I'll tell you a lot of things happening in the world. Because that's how it started. 
today how many times when I look around this church now, I feel so happy. Because I can see 90% of people still carrying Bible here. We still carry Bible here. Satan is now, oh, the Bible is in convenience. Why not use your cell phone? Is your Bible? No problem. Fine. That's how it started abroad. When they build churches, they will keep him book for you in the church and keep Bible for you on your seat. That was plan of the devil to take away Bible from families. So when they prepare to go to church, they go to church without Bible, without hymn book, they read it for you in the church, they sing for you in the church, and go home without Bible of the family. That's when it started. Liberalism. I was in UK last September for my family vacation. I saw saw a woman wedding in a church. Wedding in the church. Do you know her husband? Horse. No, this is true. September in London. The woman put on wedding gown, well dressed, and said, Oh, congrats. They were telling her, Congrats, congrats. I said, Who is Maria? She was going inside church with one big horse. And I started watching them. And in that church, they said, Will you have this to be your spouse? The horse will be looking at the woman. He has not dead, he has not dead. He will kiss the horse. Ara, Abiagondoch. Ara. You see, where you lose God, no matter your intellectualism, you become senseless. When you lose God, you have lost all. How can a civilized woman go to wear a horse in the church? And somebody was officiating as a priest. A wedding between a woman and a horse. September 2019. I'm not talking 1940. Liberalism. You look at the streets of London, America, Canada. Everywhere. I went to church in Canada 2018. And I was watching young girls coming into the church. Almost half of them who came to church service, we are putting on bone shots. The provocative bone shot. You know what is bone shot? That's what they wore to the church on Sunday. And they were walking in majestically. And they sat there. I said, am I in the right place? And after the church service, I went to the pastor, the priest. It's our church. I went to the priest. I said, how are you, sir? I said, fine. Oh, are you the bishop that came with your family for vacation? I said, yeah. Say, so can I have a walk, a, 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 a discussion with you? We went to his office. I said, these girls, I come to church this way. Don't you teach them the, the standard of Christianity? Oh, no, Bishop, forget it. Here, we don't preach offensive someone. Did you hear it? We don't preach what? You come home happy, you come to church happy, we want you to go happily. So we don't say anything that offends you. Kai. Liberalism is the disease killing the church everywhere. Liberalism. 
gay marriage. You see boys, men, wedding men, women, wedding women. And last year also, a, a bishop divorced his wife and married a man. And he was still a bishop in America. Divorced the wife, married a man, bishop in the church, in our church. Liberalism. And you talk to them, say, no, 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 don't do that here. Don't do that. I was complaining about that bone shop thing to a sister that lives in London, I mean in America. One sister, I was talking with her before, I said, I said, sister, glory. I saw something that shocked me in the church service yesterday. He said, my love, what is it? He said, about how many girls that came to church with born short? The woman, the sister laughed. He said, I live in America. He said, Bishop, you saw those that were wearing flowing gown. He said, what I saw in a church in America on Sunday, I cannot talk. He said, they were in full church service and four girls were walking from the back door straight to the front seat. When the church was full and he said, you look at four of them, they were wearing complete transparent thing from head to toe. And you can look at them, they were not having any bra, they were not having any pants. And it was so conspicuous to everybody, four of them. And they were allowed to sit in the church. They said, no problem, sit down, we love you, we love you, we love you, Jesus loves you. Liberalism. I will tell you our own version of liberalism tomorrow. And this is why young people need to take it serious. It's either you're a Christian or you forget it. The cross of Christ has no new edition. It is the same old rugged cross. Forget what new generation preachers are telling you. Tomorrow we we'll talk about it. The second problem we have to cry where we need revival is syncretism. Syncretism. You know what syncretism? Mixture. Of different religious beliefs portraying them as Christian standard. We will go to practical terms tomorrow. Syncretism. You get a, you know, a lady was talking to me recently, a pastor, a prophet came to their house. I said, Oh, so the, the man saw him in the market. I said, I don't know you before, but God told me you're having a business challenge. I want to come to your family. They are the ones that will tell you they want to come. And the man said, okay, no problem. He said, now get ready. I will come next week or next two weeks. This is what you get ready. I'm a man of God. I don't know you, but the, the, the thing in your family needs to be broken and scattered and frustrated so that you can have your breakthrough and prosperity. I said, now you have to buy one bottle of honey, one uncooked egg. One candle. One, what is that thing again? Mustard seed. Go and buy a small quantity of mustard seed. He said, before I come, what you do is that by 12 midnight, come to the center of family, dig the ground there, mix this whole thing, drop it there, 
take the egg, wave it four times over your head, break it there. Tomorrow those men holding your destiny will all die. And this is the kind of Christianity we practice now. They tell you go and collect sand from your enemy's house. Go and collect sand from the shop of your perceived enemy. Syncretism. Many of us have become occultic without knowing it. Many of us have become witches and wizards without knowing it. We need revival in our lives. We need to go back to this scripture. It is, you know, that's why I love Anglican church. There's what we call in Anglican church the doctrine of sola scriptura. Sola scriptura. What does it mean? Only the scripture in it you find the word of eternal life. Finally, the third thing we will discuss in this revival is what Satan is bringing into the church. He has brought into the church what we call neo-paganism. Neo-paganism. You know in the olden days, when you say somebody is a pagan, it's very obvious what they do. Neo, N-E-O, then paganism. That is a brand new version of paganism. That looks harmless. You know, most of you, you are in Enugu now, and you think everybody you see jumping up with you is a Christian. When you go to follow them to village, you know, many are pagans here. What they do in the village. They come to the township, they become Christians in the village. How many non-church members still exist in our villages? Why is masquerade working stronger now? Why? I had a meeting some three years ago with the whole knights in the diocese. And during the question time, I said, can you ask me questions, knights? I've given my talk. I'm going to go. One prominent knight, a millionaire who is an engineer by profession, said, Bishop, please, something troubles me. I said, what is it? He said, every time we seem to be having clashes, with the villagers. And I have been given thought about it. I say, can we not touch some of these cultures that make us to have clash with the villages, villagers so that we can work together? I say, for instance, say, is there not a way church can touch masquerade and give it Christian face? I say, many what? Christian masquerade? He said, yes, because a bishop of another denomination came around my area, blessed masquerade for them. I said, from today, this masquerade is a man who just so. It's no more harmless. And my members came on my neck. I said, do you see it? Do you see it? Can't you bless the masquerade? We will stop using charms to do masquerade. It becomes Christian masquerade. I said, okay. So when the masquerade sees me, say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Neopaganism. Today, I, I read an article that made my day last two weeks. That article is from a professor, a knight of St. Mulumba in the Roman Catholic Church. Two weeks ago, 
They sent the, the article to me. It made my day. What was the article about? In the Roman Catholic Church, I think on the Archdiocese, they are arguing among the knights whether they will begin to take also tied to the Onisha. Onisha also. And one night in, the, in their denomination came and delivered a very powerful lecture to convince them that what makes night uh, also title idolatrous have been removed. So they cannot do it in Christian way. Now this professor took up the challenge and wrote a serious response. And the title is My Response to the Presentation Made by So So and So on Christian Other Title. The man explained what other title is. And finally, he said, This is my sub- submission. Unless the church decides to remain hypocritical, nobody who professes Christ we go near other title. That everything about other title taken is demonic, idolatrous, fetish, and unchristian. This is my response. It was a 10 page document. The man did justice to. I do know why I'm telling this story. In an Anglican church that started with Bible, we are still arguing whether we can take also in Anglican church. Neo because those that are involved are the money money mongers. They are the ones that make heavy donations. So we can adjust. Listen to me. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 9. You can never joke with it. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this Seal, I use the word seal, I love the word seal. Some translation we use in scripture, I say seal. The Lord knoweth those who are. And let anyone that name the name of Christ do what? He didn't say shift small. He didn't say tilt a bit. You know, those in geology will tell you if they are constructing a road and they meet a rock that they cannot break and smash in this construction, what you need to do when you get there, you tilt a bit and move on. Some of us just tilted. We have not repented. And this is why I want to challenge you. Are you really a Christian? When will you stop this pretense? What do you gain in this life to live without Jesus? And why are you even regretting that you are born again? We are about to pray. Some of us think that Christianity is so easy. Jesus said, if you read John chapter 16, He said, it will come to a point in your life that the world will be laughing while you will be crying. Do you know why? Because it's not going to be easy to be a Christian. Forget the jamboree thing. I want to plead with you. The only way to enroll as a Christian is to meet the Christ of Calvary. How do you meet him? John 1 verse 12 said, As many 
as you receive him. To them, he gave what? Power to become children of God. Jesus did something through the life of Thomas. Whenever I read it, you know, once we mention Thomas in Christianity, people say, oh, that doubter, doubter. Thomas saved us a lot of embarrassment in Christianity. I love him. Thomas was not a casual believer. Bible said that day, Jesus looked at the disciples. That's the last thing I will say in prayer. In John 14, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in my father's house and many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place, I will come and take you. So that where I am, there you may also be. And the way to where I'm going, you all know. That's where I'm telling the story. Do you know whom he was talking to? The inner caucus. Andrew, Peter, James, John, Thomas, Philip. These are the men, the pillars. Say, you know the way, you know the way. I've, I've walked with you for years, three and a half years. You know the way. Everybody kept quiet. <laughs> Thomas looked at Jesus and laughed. <laughs> and some of us, everybody is keeping quiet. Oh, Christians in the chapel, chapel. Thomas looked at Peter. Peter was bent down. Looked at John. Looked at Andrew. Nobody was talking. He said, nah, I know we'll keep quiet too. Excuse me, sir. Uh, Brother Tom, what is it? So, okay. You say we know where you're going. The man, you know the shocker. The earlier you tell yourself the truth, the better. Stop this pretense. You know sin is holding you. You know your secret life can fetch you heaven to die. Why can't this God die not making it? Help me tonight. Thomas, what he said, is my challenge. Do you know what he said? Lord, we. He didn't say I. I can see Thomas say, forget this Peter. He see all of us here. John, Andrew, James, we, all of us here, including me. We don't know where you are going. No. Jesus, we don't know where you are going. Secondly, the road Nobody knows you. Forget this Peter. Every time he jumps off to say one thing. He says, build three, three tabernacles. Forget that. Peter doesn't know the road. When you finish crusade and go, all of us, they talk. When they ask questions, nobody starts being where you they go. Where are you going? Can you be honest to yourself tonight? Say, I'm not genuinely born again. I'm not sure my name is in the book of life. They'll be calling you sister, brother. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Forget it. Thomas said, we don't know, we don't. Jesus turned and said, Thomas, because of what you have said, let me give you the answer for generational salvation. I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. Thomas, you see, that now liberated another person there. 
evangelist Philip. Philip saw that Thomas was not condemned by Jesus. Rather, he received condemnation and explanation. He said, sir, I have my own question. <laughs> Designer cockroach. Forget how long you have been in this chapel. Are you born again? Is your name in the book of life? This is the question. Philip says, sir, my own question. He said, yeah, Philip, what is it? He said, every time you say, I, my father, my father. All of us here, we don't know your father. Who is your father? That one penned Jesus. Go and read it. Jesus said, Philip, have I been so long with you and yet you don't know my father? He that has seen me has seen my father. Can you be open tonight? So that when we are talking of revival, we know we are talking to the right person. If you don't want, like this afternoon after preaching in that gathering in Anambra State this afternoon, we have to make our tackle. You see, may you think the whole world is enough for them. People we are running out to accept Jesus. Some traditional rulers, government functioners, because you, you cannot do without him. If you reject him, you are heading for destruction. No matter your title, Jesus said, without me, you can do. Can you go to him tonight? I just want, want to pray one short prayer. It could be because of you that this revival is organized. God can pay any price to save one sinner. God can do anything to rescue one perishing soul. It could be one soul that has made God to put up this revival so that you can enroll among the commonwealth of Israel and become a covenant partaker in God's promises and covenant. Can you be like Thomas and say, Lord, I don't know the way. We Jesus come into my life I want to know the way the life I'm living now if the trumpet of God will sound whether as a student or lecturer or parent or whatever I know I'm not making heaven Jesus I don't want to miss heaven come into my life is there anybody taking that decision tonight I want to pray with you anybody taking that decision can you raise your right hand I pray with you anybody raise your right hand God bless you Raise it properly. There is nothing to be ashamed of. Don't pretend that all is well. Well, all is not well. Raise it properly over your head. Over your head. I say it can be one person. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Can you pray? These are brothers and sisters standing here. Can you really pray now? Confess your life to him. Invite Jesus into your life. If you are in this church or in this chapel and you are sure you are born again, you are sure, begin to pray for these brothers and sisters. This is the only miracle by Bible recognition and prediction that makes heaven to rejoice. Miracle of salvation. Every other miracle ends here on earth. The Bible says there is joy in heaven. When one sinner comes back to God, 
I don't know your own, but Jesus is here. Say, I will cleanse you. Two minutes prayer. Can you confess and invite him? This is the only prayer we are praying tonight. On Sunday, we will take time to pray some prayers on some people's needs. But we must get things right. Invite Jesus. Invite him. So that you will have salvation testimony. Ask him to change your life. Take over your life. Rule over your life. One minute more. One minute more. Oh, glory to Jesus. I remember that glorious day 35 years ago as a young man. I was shedding tears. Coming to Jesus. And he has not disappointed me. He has not disappointed me. He changed my life. He canceled my name from the book of destruction. I wrote it in the book of life. He gave me his Holy Spirit to live the Christian life. That's what he's doing for you tonight. Begin to summarize your prayer. Oh, what a glorious night. Heaven is celebrating you this night. In Jesus' name we pray. These are brothers and sisters that are here. Can you pray this prayer after me? My God and my Father. Say it confidently. My God and my Father. Thank you tonight for loving me so much. You have spoken to me. I have heard your word. Your word has found me out. Truly I am a sinner. But now, in sincerity, I come to you, confessing my sins, repenting from my sins, inviting you into my life. Jesus, take over my life. Jesus, rule over my life. From now, I declare that I belong to Jesus. I am born again. I am a child of God. Satan, anything I had in common with you, knowingly or unknowingly, by the blood of Jesus, I separate myself from your entanglement. I break away from your covenant and I dedicate my life to Jesus all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. In Jesus' name, Amen. Father, I come to you because the Bible says, Nobody that cometh to you, you shall cast away. Your word has just come forth. These ones have decided for you. Father, by the provision of the blood of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, may their sins be forgiven completely tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Cancel their names from the book of death. Write their names in the book of life. Fulfill your promise in John 1, 12 upon them now. That as many as received you, you gave the power to become your children. Lord, the Christian race is not run with carnal power. Baptize them with the power of righteousness from this night in Jesus' name. Every simple, sinful habit that was holding any of them tonight, you said upon this Mount Zion, there be deliverance. And the children of Jacob shall possess their possession. May they be set free from that habit in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, give them the joy of salvation. 
Fill them with the Holy Spirit. Give them boldness like the Samaritan woman to share their faith with others. As they go tonight, let the joy of their salvation spring in their hearts. Preserve them, Lord. Keep them, Lord. I pray over them. May their lives remain steady in Christ. May this decision never be temporary. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, from now, because they have decided to be children of God, all the promises that are agreeable to children of God, may they begin to have access to them in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, hold them firm in this time of turbulence, in this time of perversion, in this time of compromise. They will not fall by the wayside. They will never be ashamed to declare Christ and Him crucified. Thank you, Father. Whatever that is handed to you can never be taken over by the devil. We hand them over to you. Father, hold them firm. Keep them strong. And preserve them in you. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Most gracious and loving Father, we return all the praises and honor and adoration unto you for today. And for all the blessings you have bestowed upon us in this program, we thank you, Lord, because of the seed sown into our lives by the message we received this night. We thank you for your servant and our Father in God, whom you have used as a vessel in your hands. Lord, we pray that this message shall be everlasting in our lives, in the name of Jesus. It shall bring forth fruit that will bring us unto maturity, to live the life that you want us to live. And bring praise unto your name. And Father, as we go from here, may your presence go with us. May your mighty hand guide and defend us and protect us. By the time we shall return tomorrow, Lord, may your glory keep manifesting over our lives. And may your name alone be glorified. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. Grant us journey mercies as we return to our homes. This night, Lord, as we sleep, may your angels keep watch over our lives. Your eyes that watch Jerusalem, may your eyes watch over our lives. And may your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. The grace together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen.